John Scott lived in a, a small flat behind his church in, in London, All Souls Langham Place. His kitchen was his study. His kitchen table was his, his desk. And that's where most of his preparation and his books were written, at his kitchen desk. But one day his assistant went into his kitchen, his office, and John Stott was there with his head in his hands, saying, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. He was a great man of God, but he never lost sight of his unworthiness and the privilege of serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus accomplished the work he came to do. In the beginning of chapter 28, the message rang out, come and see the place where he lay. He's not here. He has risen as he said he would. And that's our message today. Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see, we've found the Messiah. At first Nathaniel, Nathaniel was sceptical and um, Nazareth seemed the, a very unlikely place for the Messiah to come from. But Philip says, come and see. Don't discount Jesus without finding out the facts. Come and see. Don't judge on the basis of preconception and prejudice. Come and see. Experience Jesus for yourself. Come and see. You owe it to yourself to check it out and to make up your own mind. Come and see. In the recent Hope magazine, um, I read of Bernard Langer, the golfer, and uh, he became a Christian when he was 28 years of age. I strongly believe, he said, that the resurrection of Jesus actually happened. There were about 500 eyewitnesses who saw him alive again, and I believe that it takes more faith not to believe in Jesus Christ than it does to believe in him. And our message is that Jesus has conquered sin, death, hell and Satan. His victory is complete. The cry from the cross was, it's finished. All has been accomplished. The debt of our sin has been paid in full. Death couldn't hold him. He is the death of death. And now we have a mission. Come and see the place where he lay. He's not here. As he said he would, he's risen. Now go and tell and I will go with you. See, Christianity is a missionary faith. Our God is a missionary God. The Bible is a missionary book. The Gospel is a missionary message. J.C. Ryle was one of the great bishops of the Anglican Church. And he wanted to leave Liverpool Cathedral unfinished. To remind people of the unfinished task of the church. In 1974 at the Lausanne Conference on Evangelism, a man from Nepal spoke about his experience. He had a big smile on his face and he said, let me tell you what it means to be a Christian in Nepal. We have a saying though that the birth certificate of a Christian is one year in jail. The minute you become a Christian, you, count, you can count on the next year behind bars. And then if you take a step of baptism where you join a Christian church you will probably spend the next six years in prison. 
And so our baptism uh, certificate is a six-year jail sentence. You see, discipleship requires total commitment to Jesus Christ. We don't know how much time had elapsed since Easter Day. The disciples of Jesus have returned to Galilee and, and there on the mountain Jesus met with them again. Maybe this was the occasion when Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. He appeared to more than 500 brothers at the same time. But Jesus began his ministry in Galilee and, and took his disciples back there. From the same point he gave them the commission. It's as if Jesus was saying, as I began my ministry to preach, repentance, here in Galilee, I am now commanding you to go to all nations and preach the gospel. We see the reaction, some worshipped, but we read some doubted. The only time this word appears in the New Testament is when Peter walks on the water and we read that when the wind and the waves came he was afraid and he doubted. He became perplexed and confused. It doesn't imply unbelief but confusion. These people weren't quite sure what was going on. But Jesus assures them of his power, his authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's important that this announcement comes before the Great Commission to all nations. Without his authority, the mission would lack impetus. Until we're convinced of the authority of Jesus Christ, we're in no position to hear and to obey his command to go. Warren Wearsby says this, Since Jesus Christ today has all authority, we may obey him without fear. No matter where he leads us, no matter what circumstances we face, he is in control. By his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated all enemies and won for himself all authority. He has authority in heaven and on earth. He's like a commanding officer who can dispose and deploy his troops whenever. He has supreme authority in places in which evil powers still operate and wage wars. I was reading the other day from Wycliffe Bible Translators this account of, um, of a, a chap by the name of Sani who was, um, who was a Bible translator. He was a Muslim but had been converted and he, he, he's helping to he was helping to translate the scriptures into his own language. But what would you do if a leader of a militant group invited you uh, to visit? Well, this recently happened to Sani, the former Muslim involved in this translation work. He received a phone call from a man saying he and his four friends were aware of Sani's work amongst Muslims. And they belonged to this group and they would like to meet him. They wanted him to go and to, to talk to them about Jesus. But he was a bit suspicious. He realised that this man and his friends belonged to this militant group and maybe this was a trap. 
he declined the invitation but the man phoned again the next day begging him to, to go and visit in order to persuade him he related their, they related their experiences and, and he admitted that he and his friends belonged to this militant group but recently they had experienced something quite extraordinary the five men had been leading a group of two and a half thousand men through the bush to a neighbouring state to launch an attack but they'd been stopped in their tracks by the vision of a man in brilliant white whose feet were firmly on the ground whose head was in the heavens all five leaders and many in the group saw this vision they retreated, they tried another route they were confronted with the same vision and this happened five times they returned to their camp each of the five leaders took their prayer rugs to pray and reflect alone the man on the phone said that while he was alone a man in white approached him greeted him and sat down with him the man in white talked about what recently happened and shared with him the scripture the leader was baffled and asked who he was and how did he know these things and the man in white held out his hands showing the marks on the palms of his hands and Jesus I have come that you might have salvation and bring salvation to others the militant leader fell to his knees and accepted Jesus as his saviour the man in white disappeared into the bush the leader got up and ran to tell the others and discovered that all five had met this, this man at the same time they remembered about Sani, a man who talked about Jesus in their own language. And Sani decided to go. He, he entered the camp to find two and a half thousand men waiting to hear him speak, to preach. He was a very gifted preacher, was Sani. But on this occasion, something prompted him simply to read the scriptures. He read the first four chapters of James from the book in their own language and Sani invited them to accept Jesus as their saviour and all 2,500 responded you see God made it possible and brought 2,500 men to him in one day and I wonder in the west today have we lost sight of the power of God, the authority of God, the supernatural? Have we lost sight of the majesty of God, the sovereignty of God, the holiness of God? You see, the authority of Jesus Christ extends over all creatures, whether human or superhuman, over the church, over nations, over the devil, and all his works. It was at the cross that he disarmed the principalities and powers, and made a public example of them, triumphing over them. It was by his blood that he ransomed men for God from every tribe, tongue, people and nation, as we read in Revelation chapter 5. You see, the basis of all missionary enterprise is the universal authority of Jesus Christ in heaven and on earth. Only Jesus, only because all authority belongs to Jesus Christ, do we go to all nations? Only because all authority belongs to Jesus Christ 
do we have any hope of success? It must have seemed ridiculous to send a tiny group of people like this to win the world for Christ. For Christ's church today so hopelessly outnumbered by hundreds of millions of who neither know or acknowledge him, the task is equally daunting. But the authority of Jesus gives us both the right and the confidence to seek and make disciples of all nations. And Jesus gave them a command, his commission. He sent them out into the world to win the world because he loved the world. Go. C.T. Studd was wealthy. He and his brothers played cricket for England. He played cricket for Cambridge and he was the England captain. But he put it all aside to go on the mission field. He went to China and then to India and finished up in Africa. He was lost from sight for 13 years. Why? He said this, Some people love to dwell near church with choir and steeple bell, but I want to run a rescue station a yard from the gates of hell. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, there is no sacrifice too great for me to make for him. And we are to make disciples. James Boyce said, preach the gospel to them so that through the power of the scriptures and the work of the Holy Spirit, they are converted from sin to Christ and will follow him, the true Lord. I've just finished reading for the fourth time the Korean Pentecost by Bruce Hunt. It's about the Korean revival that happened in Pyongyang in in 1907. Samuel Moff is a missionary in Pyongyang, which is now the capital of North Korea, and was at that time known as the Jerusalem of the East, said this, We held out the word of God, and the Holy Spirit did the rest. We go because we are under his authority. We often, often today folks sit in judgment and authority over the scriptures. But the commission is no longer to seek the lost sheep of Israel, but to make disciples of all nations. Matthew's gospel begins with the coming of the Gentiles to worship the infant Christ. And it concludes with the sending out of the church to win the Gentile world all nations, people groups of the world, language groups of the world, racial groups of the world. The Greek word is ethnic, from which we get our word ethnic. We are to do it by preaching the gospel, preaching Christ, so that men and women are converted to Jesus and become his disciples. We step out of our comfort zone When we went to Korea, I certainly stepped out of mine. Going means crossing boundaries to make disciples. Going beyond our comfort zone to make the gospel accessible to the lost sheep. We are to baptise. Baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward change of turning to Christ and trusting him. You go to Tesco's and you find a whole row of, of, of tins and there's no label on the tins. You have a problem. And then you come across the tin that has a label and says, I am a tin of peaches. I want you to know that peaches live in this tin. 
Baptism is a public declaration to the community of faith that you would like to follow Jesus and be his disciple and be about the Great Commission. Now, I've sprinkled, I've dunked, I've immersed, and I'm fine with them depending on the circumstances. The FIEC basis of faith says baptism and the Lord's Supper have been given to the churches by Christ as visible signs of the gospel. Baptism is a symbol of union with Christ and entry into his church, but does not impart spiritual life. Whatever our convictions, we would all agree that baptism is a public confession and acknowledgement of those who claim to be Christ's disciples. From discipleship to baptism, Jesus moves from the private to the public, from the personal to the corporate, from conversion to church membership. And we are to teach. When people are discipled and baptised, they must be taught. A lifetime of learning and obeying follows conversion until disciples are conformed to the image of our Lord. All things whatsoever I have commanded you, we are to believe it and we are to obey it. Where is this teaching to to be found? in the whole Bible. As disciples we must submit our minds to all of his teaching. The disciples didn't pick and choose from his teaching. They taught it. All scripture is God-breathed. Jesus is both teacher and Lord and we are under his authority and his instruction. Billy Graham's preaching was essentially simple but a direct challenge and one felt that the Holy Spirit was truly at work through him. But his famous quote was always this, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. This was his only authority, powerfully declared and God honoured that. John Stott, personal friend of Billy Graham said this, He was a man of the Bible. Billy Graham said to his son Franklin, just take the word of God, read it, study it, preach it. And he said of his wife Ruth, she was the greatest Christian I ever knew. She was the only one in whom I completely confided. She was a great student of the word of God. Her life was ruled by the Bible more than any individual I have ever known. My wife has had the greatest influence on my ministry. And then Jesus gave them a promise. His presence. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. No sooner had the command been given than the promise followed. They were sent out, as we are, on the greatest task in the world, but with them went the greatest presence and the person the world has ever known. The promise in the first chapter of Matthew says, Emmanuel, God with us, is confirmed and further fulfilled in the last. Jesus is present with us as we scatter into the world to serve him, no matter where we are. Dr. Campbell Morgan said that early in his Christian life he used to visit several elderly women to read the scriptures to them. 
And when he came to the end of Matthew's Gospel, he said, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then he added, Isn't that a wonderful promise? And one of the women quickly replied, Young man, that is not a promise. It's a fact. Here is the challenge of mission. Go and take this good news to the world. Share it with others. I will change people's lives. I will give you my word. I will be with you. Walking with you, working with you, and working in you. See the love of the Father for our lost world, the obedience of the Son Jesus Christ who gives his life for the lost world, and the work of the Holy Spirit in convicting a lost world of sin and empowering the Christian to live for God. If the Great Commission is to be fulfilled, some of us will have to cross geographical uh, boundaries, borders. Billions have today have no knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we won't all go. But we can pray for those who do. Paul discovered this to be true when he was seeking to establish this church in Corinth, a difficult ministry. He saw people converted. He baptised them. He taught them. And when the going got tough, Paul had a special visit from the Lord. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. What an encouragement. And David Livingstone speaking to a group of students at Glasgow University. His arm hung limp at his side where he'd been attacked by a lion. He looked gaunt. He was asked by one of the students, what kept you going through those very difficult days? And he replied, I am with you always to the end of the world. You see, the Lord has a plan. He is the Lord of history. History is his story. And as we as people follow his leading and obey his word, we will fulfill his purposes in the world, but we must be faithful. There's no time that will not, he will not be with us. Notice all in these verses, all authority, there is no power that is left out. All nations, there is no person that is left out. All times, there is no period that is left out. All authority is mine. I am sending you. What is our response this morning? Here am I. Send him. Send her. Or will it be send me? We go in faith, our own great weakness feeling, and needing more each day thy grace to know, yet from our hearts a song of triumph feeling. We rest on thee, and in thy name we go. Amen.